Good morning. My name is Chris McDaniel and welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. I've been working with my wife Karen on this project for quite some time and we're super glad to be launching it with you. Uh, This is episode three. Renewing the Center exists for the spiritual renewal of the church. Uh, We're going to create space for this renewal in three primary ways through this podcast, through the facilitation of spiritual direction, as well as God willing at the end of the pandemic through facilitating retreats and speaking at conferences and whatnot. But we're so glad to have you with us today. I'm going to read and then we're going to pray and then we're just going to see what we can see from the word of God today. Acts 13, beginning in verse 13. Then Paul and his companions set sail from Pathos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. John, however, left them and returned to Jerusalem, but they went on from Petra and came to Antioch and Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. And after reading the law and the prophets, the officials of the synagogue sent them a message saying, Brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, give it. So Paul stood up and with a gesture, he began to speak. You Israelites and others who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose your ancestors and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he led them out of it. For about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. After he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance for about 450 years. After that, he gave them judges until the time of the prophet Samuel. And then they asked for a king. And God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. When he had removed him, he made David their king. In his testimony about him, he said, I have found David, son of Jesse, to be a man after my own heart who will carry out all my wishes. Of this man's posterity, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, just as he promised. Before his coming, John had already proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his work, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I'm not he. No, but one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the thong of the sandals on his feet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible. And we ask God that you would give us the grace that we need to hear you today, to be attentive to you, Lord to receive God truth in your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The story of Israel is so very instructive. I believe it's the truest story ever told. Um, It's a story that feels true uh, in my bones as I read it because I find myself in the story of the Israelites. And so Paul tells us this story, and I want us to just listen to what Paul is saying because he's telling us this story for a reason. Find yourself here. There are a few things that I want to highlight that I think will be good for us to think about today. Number one, God was able to grow and establish Israel even as they lived in Egyptian bondage. And I think we all need to hear this, that God can and he does great things even in the midst of difficulty and uncertainty that God was able to work in the Israelites as they were in a very difficult time. And right now, maybe we need to hear this. We're all facing remarkable difficulty. We have to cultivate a belief that God is still working in the shadowy places. I believe the Lord wants us to know that he can find us and even accomplish things in us while we are finding ourselves in places of remarkable stress and difficulty. So where are you stressed? And do you, like me, tend to cut 
God off from your experience when you're facing difficulty and stress. I know I do. And so I'm reminded here that God is able to do good things even when I'm in stress. I believe that the Lord is inviting us to cultivate a belief that he is still working in the shadowy places. And for the Israelites, Egypt was horrible. They suffered there. They experienced oppression there. And yet God did things there. He made them great. He grew them. And that leads me to the second thing I want to say to us. God is able to lead us out of places of bondage and slavery with an uplifted arm. I love that phrase. With an uplifted arm, God led them out. The strength of God, his strong arm delivered them. God's able to deliver us from hardship, and he does. He's able to deliver us from places of bondage and oppression that we experience. He does this all the time. I believe he wants us to ask for that deliverance. One of the things that strikes me about the story of the Exodus is that we're told that the groans of the Israelites, the groan that came up and out of them in their oppression, that it came up, it rose before God. He heard their groaning. And I just want to say to you today, the Lord hears your groaning. He hears the anguish over a child who's gone wayward. He hears the anguish over a relationship that's dysfunctional or broken. He hears the pain over emotional and relational and financial uncertainty. We need to give voice to our pain and God's able to hear us and meet us. He's able to actually bring change into our lives. But first, we have to acknowledge that we're in pain and verbalize a request for God to lead us out. But the third thing we see in this passage is just as important as the first two. And it's the truth that the Israelites were not all that suited to freedom. And neither are we. Paul's choice of words is telling. He says, for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. Like an annoying child on a long car trip, God had to put up with them. And he does the same with me. See, freedom seems great until you have to navigate uncertainty. Uh, see, freedom felt like a really enticing idea for the Israelites until they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from. See, there was a certain predictability to bondage. And I would submit to you that you experience a kind of comforting predictability in the areas in your life where you're living less than free. See, drinking too much or eating too much or engaging in an unhealthy sexual habit, these things comfort us. They give us something or we wouldn't keep going back to them. Now, we hate it, but we also find ourselves comforted by the predictability of it. See, the Israelites have so much to teach us about ourselves because their story is our story. Their story is that they had a love-hate relationship with the bondage in their life, the oppression in their life. And I think the same is true for you and for me. I can see myself in their journey. So speaking of their journey, ultimately, Israel arrives at home. They arrive at a place of promise. God paves the way for them to settle and finally find rest. But the next thing we have to see is that they wanted a king. See, God wanted to be their king. He wanted to be their unquestioned leader. And yet the Israelites said, no, give us a person. Give us a politician. Give us a warrior. Give us someone who will just tell us what to do. Someone who will fight our battles for us. Someone who will make our decisions for us. And he did. God regretted and with grief in his heart, he gave them Saul. 
A handsome man, an insecure man though, a deeply flawed man, a man not unlike many of our politicians today. And the Lord grieved and Israel got what they wanted, but it wasn't what they needed. And that just leads me to thinking this through. Sometimes we get what we want, but we don't get what we need. There was something in Israel's request that actually grieved God. It actually broke God's heart. And whenever we ask someone to do the work for us, to step in the gap for us, I think it breaks the heart of God, even if he gives us that something we ask for. See, God, for the Israelites, wanted to lead them, and they asked for a king instead of him. And he gave them a king and he still led them through that broken and flawed man, through the broken and flawed system. And so what you see in the Israelites is their tendency to want someone else to do the work for them. Though it broke the heart of God, God was still able to work in all those twists and turns. And if you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament reads just like your life. Lots of twists and turns, lots of valleys, a few peaks. But God was working. Ultimately, David became king, a man the scripture tells us is a man after God's own heart. See, God was working even in the brokenness. He was working even in the, um, the bent craving of the people. And I would say to you, God works even in the bent craving in your own heart, the places where you don't quite get it right. He can still do good things in the middle of life. So out of David's line comes Jesus. Jesus, a descendant of David, a descendant that would lead us into a place of peace, into a place of freedom, into a place of fellowship with God. See, God's working in the twists and turns, even when things don't look quite right and frankly aren't quite right or feel very good because they weren't very good. God was still working. And so maybe today for you would be a good day to look for God in the midst of your life. Where is your right now life, your current, ordinary, everyday life? Where are there signs of God's activity that you might otherwise miss if you don't stop and reflect, if you don't stop and look. But I love the way Paul ends his little sermon. He speaks about John the baptizer before he gets to Jesus. He says John was the last one in line. John the baptizer said, make room for Jesus. And I believe for you and me, before we're able to truly connect to Jesus, we must make room for him the way John did. We have to prepare the way of the Lord. We have to look at our lives and say, God, where are you inviting me to make room for you, to make space for you, to get ready for you? Because here's the thing I've experienced regarding Jesus is he wants to take up space in my life. And if I don't make room He's just crowded into the clutter. And many of us, that's the way we're living right now. Many of us feel like we probably have cluttered lives. The valleys, the dark places, the hard places, they've left us with a lot of clutter, a lot of um, activity, a lot of anxiety. And Jesus wants to take up space. If he's going to come in as he longs to come in, we're going to have to make room for him. See, one of the things John invites us to do in addition to making room is he invites us to expect Jesus' arrival. So where are you regarding expectation that God would show up and do something in your life? Have you lost hope? Have you lost confidence that God might intervene? Maybe not in the way you wanted him to intervene, but intervene nonetheless. 
See, one of the things that I feel like the Lord's inviting me to make room for in my life right now is cultivating an expectation that God would show up, not on my terms, but on his terms. That God would be involved, not the way maybe I particularize his, my desire for his involvement, but involved nonetheless. I believe there's something here for us. I think there's something here for us to put before God. And so, Lord, I ask you to stir expectation in me and in my friends that you would work in us again, that we would sense your presence and know you. So connected to this, beginning on Monday, we're going to jump into a study on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and I'm very excited about this. And so Monday and next week, I'm going to be looking at the Bible and doing some biblical reflections on the person and work of the Spirit. It's our conviction that spiritual renewal, for God to renew our centers, it's impossible for that work to happen without the empowering, quickening presence of the Holy Spirit. So thanks for listening today. If you're interested in this content, please subscribe to our podcast at Renewing the Center, wherever it is you find podcast content. And if you're listening on the ATL Trinity feed, we will be switching this over to Renewing the Center beginning today. So this will be your last opportunity. If you want to check us out and track with what we're doing, you'll have to subscribe to the new thread. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you when we see you. Amen.